Repent! I will not repent. But they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! The first rule of Fight Club is, you do not talk about Fight Club. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Unrepentant list man. And while we usually just go through a rundown of the list man, top 10, whatever, this one brought out much giddiness from you guys. Well, well, I'm, I'm a musician. So yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. And so we, this is the top 10 movie soundtrack scores, not soundtracks. But scores, we need to differentiate. Scores, that's just the music. And of course, the soundtrack uh, could be a compilation of a bunch of different artists. That's not what we're doing. We're just doing the scores. So, without further ado, I'm going to get us down to, to uh, I'm going to go through my 10 through 6. And then I'm going to ask you about your guys. And then we can kind of count down from 5 to 1 together. How about that? Okay, because I, I only did a high 5. Right. We can we can even hold hands and sing Kumbaya. No, okay. Okay. Oh, Jimmer's down with it. Awesome. Uh, okay, so here we are at number 10 for the top 10 movie score. Uh, this is something we got that we mentioned last time in the trailer park, I believe. Uh, this is actually a frequent collaborator with Hayao Miyazaki, and that is Joe Hasaishi, who scores... If not all of them, then most of Miyazaki's movies. Uh, this is actually the score for Spirited Away. Uh, I believe, Jeffrey, you've seen at least bits and pieces of it, or you've seen all of it? I saw all of it. I've seen it. Okay, so you've both yeah. seen all Jeffrey's of it. Jeffrey's seen all of it. I, I don't remember it. You don't remember the music at all? Not really. I'm sorry. Oh. It's pretty good. It's uh, If you listen to the last episode after I put it together, I used a little bit. Yeah, I did actually. I I noticed that. <laughs> I don't know how you guys approach soundtrack scores, and I think some of the movies that we're we're talking about are definitely tied tied to childhood, and some of them were just iconic movies. Period. But this film, I had, I was an adult when I watched this movie. It was actually during the scene where Chihiro is on the train to go see the sister. You know, what I'm talking about she's there with no face and the fly that has to hold up the the big fat mouse it's the baby just ring a bell all right well anyways apparently i need to watch this movie again <laughs> you have no recollection of this It was actually like that moment where the soundtrack it sunk in to me uh and it's beauty and that whole scene with the train and the, the that music that's playing during that scene is it just illuminated the rest of the soundtrack score for me and i think mo for most movies for me it usually comes down to like one track off a sound score that does that for me where it becomes like the access point for the rest of the movie and this yeah i can see that yeah like that track is still my favorite off of the film but it allowed me to enjoy the whole soundtrack as well which doesn't usually happen usually it's just like oh maybe one or two three four little themes that will you know stand out but no i love that entire soundtrack so that's coming in at number 10 number nine well, this is more of a franchise, so I'm kind of cheating, but not really. This is John Williams' soundtrack for Harry Potter. Wait, John Williams did Harry Potter? John John Williams did yeah. Harry Potter? Yeah, yeah, he did the first two movies. But it wasn't directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, n- no, it was directed by... The first two were Chris Columbus, and I think John Williams does collaborate <laughs> with... Uh, a little bit with Chris Columbus. He did Home Alone. Okay. John Williams did some of the music for uh, Chris Columbus and Home Alone as well. But anyway, uh, the later movies 
weren't all John Williams. But of course, by then, the themes were already John Williams throughout the whole yeah, series. It wasn't anyway. John Williams, but it was John Williams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, one of my favorite composers, Patrick Doyle, actually took over in the third movie. Uh, and that's Alfon- with, you know, Alfonso Cuarón's Yeah, I like Prisoner him, too. Band. Harry Potter music, of course, you know I'm a big fan, and the themes that are throughout those films are very particular to certain characters, uh, which John Williams does so well. A lot of what we, we are going to say and present here is probably John Williams shit anyway. Uh, but let's go ahead and go. Is there anything yeah. else you want to say about Harry Potter? Yeah. All right, moving on. Like- uh, number eight, Jimmers, I know you don't like this movie, but... Uh-oh. Maybe you can find it in your heart to love the soundtrack. This is uh, Michael Giacchino's soundtrack for the Star Trek reboot from 2009. Oh, I, I don't... Yeah, you know, it's bizarre. I've seen that movie, obviously. I don't really remember the soundtrack. It's really? I like it. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't leave enough of an impression on me. I'm, it's, it's probably good. Next time I watch it. Because I'm sure I'll see it again within my lifetime. I'll pay attention. It, it, it's very. It's one of those soundtracks that actually grips you from the very beginning. The uh, Kirk's birth, his, the death of his his father, oh, and all I that. Hate that scene. Oh man, that's just like it's that a total rip off of the pilot of Deep Space Nine. But yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, the uh, beginning that means, of that movie. It's true. The beginning of that movie was like, oh man, they're going to a dark place. That was kind of rough. Yeah, yeah. They they definitely they did right off the bat, and I thought the, the movie presented music that was well not only well suited towards the characters and the scenes but uh something that i liked throughout you can still hear a lot of the original music in it but it's been altered so much that it'd be imperceptible to a lot of people true true uh anyway anything we want to say about that guys before we take a listen and move on Next, my number seven is a movie that I'm not sure either of you have seen. Have you ever seen the Ryan Gosling film Lars and the Real Girl? Yes. Nope. Okay, Jeffrey has. (laughs) Jimmers, no. Okay. Well, we're we're running. We're fifty percent here. Okay, that's good. Jeffrey soundtrack. Eh. Anything? Uh, I've seen the movie once. I don't really. It didn't really hit me, so I guess not. Okay. Uh, like it's the same thing, the same phenomenon that happened with me for Spirited Away. There was one track off the soundtrack that I found myself completely immersed in during the watching of the film. That was actually when Lars and the character named Margot, who actually isn't the doll, you know, the love doll, <laughs> they go bowling. And it, it's actually a theme that carries out through much of the film. And the track is just called like Lars and Margot Go Bowling. And the soundtrack is by David Torn.
very just like I want to say happy go lucky because it actually does have these moments of gravity and loss and sadness, but it, it runs the odd movie. Yeah, it's yeah, you know, it, it's definitely a different movie. Uh, I love it anyway, but it runs this emotional gamut between you know devastation and loss all the way up to profound happiness and joy, and that's one of those soundtracks where I can actually sit and listen to top to bottom, beginning to end, uh, and enjoy it all, and not just like Wait. skip through just one or two, three songs. Well, you've inspired me. I will go listen to the soundtrack. There again. we go. Uh, Jammer's nothing. You, you've never seen the movie. You don't. You don't even know, man. No, I've never. You seen don't it. even know. No. I I believe every word you say, though. <laughs> what if I'm lying to you? You don't know. It might be shitty. There's no such movie as Lars and the yeah, World Girl. Yeah, completely made that shit I up. I wouldn't know. Uh, my number six, and I'm willing to wager you both have seen this film, whether or not the movie music actually struck out to you, I don't know. And that's from Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, I, I've seen it. Jeffrey, what the fuck? I actually have not, not seen, seen Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, not... Jimmers? I have seen Pan's Labyrinth. I don't remember the score very well, but I've definitely seen it, yeah. Oh, my God. That movie. That movie. Jeff, well, shit, Jeff. Now I can't say nearly as... Okay, I wasn't going to say that much about it anyway, but uh, the long and short of it is it's this little girl who's out in the middle of nowhere uh, captured by these... uh, Oh jeez. Uh, they're they're like Spanish Civil War fascists. Yeah, they're they're not Nazis, but they're like collaborators or whatever the fuck they are and she sort of she's held captive and she retreats to this sort of like fantasy world that you don't know is or is not real uh anyway uh the movie is dark it's Guillermo del Toro is actually the the director of this movie it's one one of the names actually got one of the movies that got him on the map besides Hellboy of course and the soundtrack is just it's dark as well and it's gorgeous, and it's serene. The composer's name is Javier Navarrete, and there are themes throughout that film. Whenever I hear those particular movements of these themes, like I, it clicks exactly what scene that's for. And there are very few movies that do that for me. We're like, oh my God, that's that scene. Like, oh my God, that's that scene. Uh, and it's sort of heartbreaking to listen to, but... I don't know you guys know me well enough by now that I, you know, I listen to a lot of that kind of music anyway. Uh, no, but it's just it's haunting, it's gorgeous, and I I love it. Have you seen um, um, Mirror Mask? I have. It's a uh, how, how close Jim Henson production. You know, uh, is that in a similar vein? No, not at all, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it's much less weird. Okay. All right, uh, next. Okay, uh, guys. This is where you guys can say some of your favorite soundtracks, and we'll do a countdown together. I was going to say, a couple of, like, these are honorable mentions, but these are, like, honorable mentions for my honorable mentions. I don't want to even, like, bring them up, because I think everyone in the world would bring them up. But, like, The Godfather. I get that shit stuck in my head all the time. Like, I don't even know why. The Godfather. I'll just be, like, driving on the highway. It is, man. Like, that... 
Yeah. I'm I'm right with you. In fact, that uh, it was one of those movies that, if you actually look at my IMDb page, it, it's on there as far as the top 25 goes, but there it's not like the other like my top 10 is like i can listen to those scores from beginning to end and yeah. love every song whereas there's some really obnoxious music in the godfather score that i just yeah. cannot listen to other than the context right. of the movie um another one that's really weird that i'll give as an honorable mention is lawrence of arabia i was obsessed with that movie when i was young i mean young i mean like probably yeah, like 10 or 12 years old yeah, any, anytime I'm walking, like, a long distance, if I'm looking out ahead of me and I'm like, man, I got, like, miles to go, just all of a sudden it pops into my head. Do, do, nice. Do, 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 do. Uh, I don't know. It stayed with me. I've never been able to shake it. That's all good. Right, so all right, Jeffrey, give, give us a couple of yours, and then we'll, we'll go back. So oh, no, I'll give you a couple of mine. So if we're doing honorable mentions first, because that's what it sounds like, um, I will. Yeah, that's what I did. I will say uh, "Crawl" by James Horner. I always loved that, and of course, ooh, James Horner, very yeah. nostalgic for me because I loved "Crawl" when I was a kid. And uh, my other honorable mention is uh, "Predator" by Alan Silvestri. Silvestri. Al, Alan Silvestri. Yeah, he's he's a biggie. There, there's a lot of interesting rhythmic elements into the music. Like uh, it's even. A lot of the, you know, the, of course the drums are rhythmic, but also the, the, uh, um, a lot of the instruments are set in more of a rhythmic type role. So, of course, being a drummer, I find that interesting. Yep. All right. So my number five, and I think you guys probably won't disagree with this uh, in any shape or form. If you do, we'd just probably have to shoot you. It's <laughs> John Williams' soundtrack for the fucking Indiana Jones films, man. Oh hell yeah! Yes. Yes. I mean. There are very, there are extremely few themes in cinema history that are as iconic as. disappointed i didn't have it on my list it's like what's wrong with you man because i stole it i guess i forgot <laughs> i forgot and, and that's the thing like the whole soundtrack is good yeah and a part like i want to divorce it from the nostalgia and affection that i have for the film but i think even apart from that it's a good fucking soundtrack yeah and they even gave yeah. some love to the drums uh and i believe it actually won the oscar that year too for score didn't it uh, probably if it didn't it should have uh, hey, let me. I'll just piggyback off of that for my number five. How about that? Uh, right. I would say, in particular, Raiders of the Lost, or uh, not Raiders. Fuck that. Um, Raider, I mean, not, not this is a bad movie. Um, the Last Crusade. I love that because it has its own yeah. theme, plus the Indiana Jones theme, plus one of my favorites of all time is the motorcycle fight with the Nazis, and it has this oh, yeah. like yeah. fugue yeah, yeah. that it plays. And I every single song in that movie is pure magic for me. I love. Uh, uh, I, I agree, man. I agree. So that can be my number. Totally. Five. All right, cool, uh, Jeffrey. <laughs> my number five. I wanted to do something you know, at least from like the last ten years. So probably my favorite in the last ten years has uh, was Iron Man by Raman Dwaji. Really? Dwadi. Yeah. That's the same guy that does the uh, Game of Thrones. Yes, it is. Oh, There's another score I interesting. like a lot.
I I really like the the Iron Man score. I think it's especially the the first one, number two and number three not so much because I don't think that was him. My number four, gentlemen, I'm willing to wager neither of you have seen this film. Open your eyes, or the Spanish language title is Ab- Abre los ojos. What? Uh. Open your eyes is the English title, obviously. It stars Penelope Cruz. That's the one name you might, Ooh. in fact, you better know. I know why you watched it now. No, you, you don't know why I watched it. Uh, it's a film by Alejandro Amenibar. Have you heard of him? I He's think a no. filmmaker. Yeah, wasn't he on one of your top ten filmmaker things? Uh, Alejandro Amenibar is a filmmaker. He's probably most famous for doing the Nicole Kidman film, The Others. Oh. Uh, and what people don't realize, and that was actually his first English language film, but what people don't realize is that uh, he actually composes uh, several of his soundtracks as well. Cool. And he composed a soundtrack for Open Your Eyes in addition to writing and directing this thing. Uh, so he kind of hit, hit on all art in making this movie. And uh, it's one of those soundtracks that doesn't, like, number one, it's just the movie that, uh, the movie Vanilla Sky was based on, the Tom Cruise movie. Oh, really? Course, yeah, Penelope Cruz reprised her role. She plays oh. the same characters in the uh, Spanish language version. But yeah. of course, you know, Tom Cruise, whatever. Uh, no, the Alejandro <laughs> Menabar version is uh, much better. And the music, oh, fucking Christ. I remember there's a scene, and it does not exist in the the Cameron Crowe version of Vanilla Sky, where hey, this is just a testament to the filmmaker. Penelope Cruz is, she's a mime, and she's performing in a park. She's basically like just playing a statue, and it starts to rain, and this theme plays over the makeup of the mime running down her face. One of the most emotionally devastating scenes with music I've ever seen. I mean, I liked the, I looked the first you know my introduction to it. Of course, was having watched Vanilla Sky first. Then I went and watched this. Glad that I did. And I remember I I ordered this soundtrack from Spain. And <laughs> it took literally eight months because like Amazon let me order it, and apparently they couldn't fulfill it. They, I don't know if they had like tracked down some stall and some vendor in the middle of Madrid or something that actually had this album, but it literally took that long. Had to chisel it with a tiny needle. Yeah. So like, I, I, as far as I know, I'm one of the few owners of the soundtrack in North America. I actually uploaded a couple of the tracks to YouTube because they didn't even have these tracks on YouTube. Uh, for, for me, that was just anathema. I couldn't believe that they didn't like this great soundtrack has just flown under the radar for all these years. All right, Jimmers. Okay. You're next. All right. This is a soundtrack that I like because it has such a kind of like a weird background story to it. Um, it's a soundtrack for Highlander. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, it was done. Most of the songs in it, that was some instrumental stuff that kind of supplements it, but most of the songs in it are done by Queen. And Queen released their album, It's uh, a Kind of Magic, was the album. And they released yeah. it the same year as Highlander came out. And it was sort of like this weird confluence of things where it's like they were making the movie and writing songs for the soundtrack and writing the album at the same time. And the album kind of came out and the album kind of is the soundtrack for the movie, though not officially. It's just like most of the songs on this album are also happen to be in the movie. So it's weird because, I mean, like there's like Princes of the Universe, which is obvious and an awesome song. There's Who Wants to Live Forever, which is everybody remembers that. And it's an awesome song. But, like, in Highlander, like, they go into a bar and they sit down to talk, and it's playing Queen in the background, just, be, you know, like, Queen wrote everything mm-hmm. for the, the movie. And, like, I can't think of anything else that's like that. 
where it's an album and a soundtrack in one. Yeah. I think that's cool. I still have the CD of the movie score around here somewhere. Uh, all right, Jeffrey, you're next. All right. This movie introduced me into the realm of taiko drumming. Uh, it's a movie called The Ooh. Hunted. It's uh, Ooh, the one that, that movie. <laughs> it's, it's with Christopher movie. Lambert. Yes, with Christopher Lambert. We, hey, we went from Christopher Lambert to Christopher Lambert. I'm gonna say, like, how does Christopher oh, Lambert yeah. end up in the uh, middle of our our list here? That's pretty <laughs> obscure. Keep going. Uh, yeah, I, I've band. seen this movie. I like this movie. It's because this movie band, sucks, but I like it. It's because of the band called Kodo. They're the ones that they're the they're a taiku drumming um, kind of band yeah. slash almost cult. <laughs> they like have their own little island or something that they they nice. uh, and there are people they they come they they uh, the the people involved in Kodo kind of come and go um, through the years. And, and they, wait wait wait, do they charge admission in like a pyramid kind of scheme? Oh, I, then I they don't would know. be Scientologists. I don't know. Okay. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe the, the the leader has sex with your wives or something. That's how cults usually go. <laughs> but the the music. I mean, if you haven't heard, it's hard to find on uh, on on uh, YouTube or anything. It's hard to find Kodo music, but uh, you can uh, search uh, Taiko drumming. Or Japanese. Cool. Japanese. Uh, wait, wait, yeah. Okay. All right. That's what I was going to ask. This is like a Japanese thing, right? Yeah. All right, then. Let's give it a listen. guys uh here we are this is my number three and I'm, I'm cheating again because i'm including a franchise on this one and i'm not going to include the newer franchise more out of spite but this is howard shore's soundtrack for the lord of the rings films oh pick a mo- pick one pick one come on oh no i no I, damn it i don't have to i did the 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 themes are throughout all three movies man <laughs> don't don't make me do it. If I did have to pick a favorite of three, it's probably Fellowship. Yeah, some of the music in that is like instant relaxation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the you know the Hobbiton thing. Like I want to move to Hobbiton anyway. Uh, <laughs> so like I love all the music associated with that. Centerville uh, kind of was Hobbiton, almost. <laughs> uh, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, needed more hills though, I think. Yeah. yeah. All right, Jimmers. Uh, you gonna talk any shit about the soundtrack? Huh, am I gonna talk any shit about? About what are you talking Lord about? Of the Lord Rings. of the Rings. No, I, I don't really have anything to say about that. Um, you don't. You don't have any like least fondness for the the soundtrack. No, not really. Uh, this okay. I, I feel like a lot of the movies you talked about, like I've seen them, and it, it's like until you mentioned that you really like the soundtrack, I never even thought of them. Like when I replay it, sort of like subconsciously in my mind, is having a soundtrack. Jimmers, you're next. All right, all right. I picked something to be really sensational. 
My my number three on my list is Titanic. Wait, 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 wait. What? <laughs> and I was thinking about um, another James Cameron movie. I was thinking about Terminator 2. Is a movie from that, just hearing the, the music scares the hell out of me. But Titanic is entirely, it's James Horner, and it's all this Irish folk music. And then it has Celine yeah. Dion at the end, with James Horner also wrote. That. that was good. That was good. The, which, the dance uh, music. yeah, let, let me be. If I can be a capitalist for for a few seconds, oh, like Celine Dion, she, she sold the shit out of "My Heart Will Go On." That sold 15 million <laughs> copies worldwide. Oh my god! Like that. That was that came out in like 97 or 98, and it was like the number yeah. one song around the world for like four months. Yeah, oh, so, and it was. Yeah, so the instrumental was top-notch, and then it had, you know, it's a culminating, it was James Horner. So gotcha. the instrumentals he, were great. Did he not then, do uh, Braveheart as well? Yes, I think so. Okay, um, so he, like, he, he, he does the Celtic stuff. shit. Yeah, he's he does, yes. Stuff. And, wait, 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 James Horner, is this the guy who's, oh my god, did he not used to be like in a, a band, like in the 70s, like a rock and, oh my god. I don't know. I'm not sure. You might be um you might be thinking of Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton was in a metal band. Um Is that what you're thinking no, of? no, Jimmers. Definitely not thinking of fucking Michael Bolton. I hope you're not no, thinking I of think fucking about Michael him all Bolton. the time, so No my god. You have to tell your wife if you're thinking about fucking Michael Bolton. Uh yeah. <laughs> that that would present a uh, a problem. Oh yeah, Michael Bolton threesome. Because that's what everybody dreams of. Is it my turn? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah go, ahead. go. All right, my number three is Return of the King by Howard Shore. I actually picked number three because oh, by that yeah. time it had, like I said, like you were talking about, it had all the themes and all the, the others. Yeah, yeah, because I, I like the I love the writers of Rohan theme. From the second one, yeah. of course, they brought yeah, that back. That's true. And they basically brought almost everything back for the third movie, so that's why I picked the third one. All right, good, good man, good man. <laughs> Let's do okay. I, I have to preface these top two of mine by saying that one is certainly more iconic than the other, and it's a uh, film franchise near and dear to all of our hearts and to many other people's hearts. And, uh, talk about. It's an icon. The film soundtrack is an icon in and of itself, and it's associated with various scenes and characters. It's not my number one, and the reason why is my number one is a much more personal uh, thing for me, which I'll explain when we get there. But I, I realize that for many people, this one would probably be their number one. And that is the Star Wars trilogy, <laughs> the original classic trilogy by John Williams. And if Jeff were going to put me to the grinder and say, pick one, motherfucker! I'd have to choose a soundtrack for Empire Strikes Back. Wait till you hear mine. Can you guess? <laughs> uh, maybe. Anyway, uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you probably my favorite track from, at least the snippet of my favorite track from Empire Strikes Back, and that's Yoda's theme, which evokes all sorts of memories and nostalgia the magic the movie it's one of those things that just sort of encapsulates everything well because they used it because they used it both on Dagobah and they also used it in Cloud City 
Jimmers. Yeah, that's your number two. Damn. Star it's Wars. Be your number yeah. one. All <laughs> I, right. told, I just explained this. Were you not listening? No. I, I just can't imagine. Obviously. Yeah. All right. So anyway. <laughs> In anticipation of, I, I mean, I would pick Star Wars as my number one, but in anticipation of you picking it, uh, I pick for my number two, the original Jurassic Park, John Williams, okay. and it's not just like the one good Jurassic Park theme, there's also, it has a, a different song for Welcome to Jurassic Park, it has some really beautiful music in the middle. <laughs> It's no, it's good. Really like that's that's definitely of, in my top twenty-five list. I just yeah, I couldn't quite put it in my top ten. It's it's got some beautiful yeah, like ponderous kind of kind of pensive music in the middle where Alan Grant's in the tree with the kids, and, and there's yeah. a great scene where um, uh, John Hammond is talking to Ellie Sadler over ice cream. All the ice cream is melting because the power is out, and it plays yeah. a beautiful song. And he talks about having his flea circus on Petticoat Lane, and like the music sounds like it doesn't. Like it, it doesn't sound like the rest of the music in the movie, but it's just as yeah. good. Like this could have been from something else. And then that at the end, it has a great is, reprise yeah. where it has a Jurassic Park theme again, but it sounds totally different and it's really somber at the, toward the end of the song. It's, it's very beautiful. I feel like I can just listen to the soundtrack and I don't need to watch the movie. It's that good. And that's something you realize too when you watch Jurassic Park. Every single second of that movie basically has John Williams' score playing over it. Either you notice it or you don't. Because why not? It's fucking John. Yeah, Lewis. well, it's like you look at. Yeah, I looked up like the soundtrack today for it, and the soundtrack ran like three hours on YouTube or something. And I'm like, <laughs> but like the movie is only like an hour forty five. Uh, but I mean, like the soundtrack was like almost as twice as long as the movie. I'm like, how is this possible? Jeffrey, come on. Well, you're stealing my thunder again, man. Star Wars, uh, The Empire Strikes yeah. Back by John Williams. So, so is this your top? No, that's my number two. We're on two. Remember? Oh, so you, you and I both went number two on that one. Yes. Nice. Okay, cool. And um, it just, I thought it had the the best songs of the bunch, basically. Wait, wait, which which movie did you pick? Empire Strikes Back. Oh, so you, okay, you did Empire as well, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, man, Luke Luke and Leia's theme, Yoda's theme, Imperial March, the asteroid. The, yes, uh, the, here they come. The asteroid, I think it's called the Astrofield. Dun, 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 dun. See now? Okay, Jimmers. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I, I forgot myself. Whoopsies. In choosing a number one, it was a hard decision. It really like you don't know how 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 torturous this decision was. I know I'm because just remembering. Star- like, oh shit! What about that one? Damn it! Yeah, the the Star Wars theme. You know the Star Wars soundtrack for me. I mean, like shit. That's like the soundtrack of, of the first twenty years of my life or some shit. <laughs> but this this movie, uh, you guys know, I already have a bit of a boner for it anyway. And that's Alfonso Cuarón's Great Expectations. The soundtrack was, I mean, I love the film anyway. You know I love the filmmaker. But the soundtrack, it's uh, Patrick Doyle not only composed the music, but collaborated with with Alfonso Cuarón and a couple other artists and composing music as far as the soundtrack goes as well. So not only did he help coordinate, uh, you know, spoken, so like the songs with lyrics or whatever, there's a song by Tori Amos he co-wrote that's on this soundtrack that I love. There's a song by a, a band who was really popular in the, in the 90s called Pulp that I really love. But uh, the soundtrack score, oh my God. Uh, it's the same kind of phenomenon that I had with uh, Lars and the Real Gore, which sort of runs the emotional gamut. Uh, it is very eclectic as far as like you have this uh, you know, rock music and you have Patrick Joy collaborating with these musicians on that. But he also wrote this beautiful score, and not only that, he 
genre crosses as well. He writes a couple, I don't want to call them operatic pieces, but he does include a little bit of vocals as an instrument, which I thought was pretty inventive. And he also composes some jazz pieces for this film soundtrack, which I thought was pretty damn cool so too. So it, showing it, the skills, flexing his muscles. Oh yeah, in, in, a, in a huge way. So he's like, he's writing rock and roll music, jazz music, and a real live, honest to goodness, soundtrack score for this this movie. And there are pieces in this film. This is the thing, like every once in a while, I think I've only had to rebuy like maybe four or five CDs in my life. I don't know how you guys are. But uh, oh, this have, is one man. of the the CDs that I've actually had to rebuy because I listened to it you so wore much. it out. I wore it out. Uh, there, Yeah, there's only like two, three, maybe four other CDs I've ever had to do that for. And I'm not talking about just fucking up and just scratching things out. Like, I just wore the shit out of that thing. Uh, <laughs> and Patrick Doyle's Great Expectations. What's up with you and Great Expectations? Like, do you have a thing for Dickens, or? I actually don't. I actually started reading the novel, because I had never read the novel Great Expectations. Yeah. And I stopped reading the novel because I thought it was ruining my <laughs> It was uh, ruining the movie. When, yeah, like, you know, well, like, what's the connection between happens. you and the movie? You thought, like, this movie saved your life. Like, what's the connection between you and this movie? Uh, like I said, it was a deeply personal movie, and I was... And, it sort of ushered me in from child, like it's a line of demarcation from childhood to adulthood for me. Oh, okay. uh, and there were things there were things going on in my own life that sort of mirrored some of the things going on in, in the film right. uh, that I, you know, of course, I had a kinship for. But no, it's just you know, damn good filmmaking anyway. Right. And the soundtrack is every bit a part of that as well, which is what yeah. a good soundtrack should do. Right. Yeah, I, I've seen the film, and it just kind of, like, blends together with, like, there were all these movies in the 90s where it was weird. Like, all these movie studios decided they were going to remake every book you had to read in sophomore English class. So you had, like, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, and you had Clueless, you know, which is a, a remake the, uh, of Emma. Ethan Hawke Hamlet. Yeah, right. And there was, like, yeah. an MTV version of Wuthering Heights. I mean, that was yeah. bizarre. Yeah. And I, I, I've seen this movie, and I kind of put into that category. Yeah, right, yeah. So I, I was just curious if there's something really special, you know, like this movie saved your life somehow or something. No, the movie actually, I mean, the basic framework of the story is the same, but the movie is different enough from the source material that it really does stand on its own. Yeah. So I, if you, like I say, I recommend it if you haven't watched it. All right, Jammers, go. All right, I'm going to smoke all y'all with this. Smoke it! The, sound, the soundtrack from... 2001, A Space Odyssey. <laughs> oh, my God. That's all different composers. Oh, different wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Yeah, I, I anticipated. Hey, yeah, number one, <laughs> fuck you. Number all two, right, I anticipated that because most of these songs, nobody would know. I don't think people if would know the that. Blue Danube Waltz if it weren't for 2001. People wouldn't. I think people would know that. I don't think they know no, Zarathustra if not for it. Um, yeah, people would really? not know Strauss's also Sprock Zarathustra if it were not for this movie. Okay, you hear that song, you hear that song, and people are like, oh, it's 2001. Yeah. The, um, there's stories about this. The, the orchestra for 2001 in the movie 
they didn't want their name associated with that version of the song because they thought it would it was going to like cheapen them as an, I think it was like the Berlin Orchestra or something. But they thought it was going to cheapen them, and so they asked that their name not be associated. Like when they put it on the soundtrack, it just says also Sprach Zarathustra, and it doesn't give a name of the, the band. And then afterward, when they were releasing their own albums as an orchestra, they were putting also Sprach Zarathustra as seen in 2001: A Space Odyssey. They didn't realize how big it was going to be. of songs and stuff um kubrick actually went out and he hired uh alex north he's the guy who did the soundtrack for spartacus and he had him do an entire soundtrack for 2001 he scored the entire movie and kubrick put in all of these classical songs as placeholders and when he was done he decided that the placeholders were better than anything that alex north guy could have done and he, he didn't listen to the score, and Alex North got really pissed off about it, and he used all of these instead. Oh, Kubrick's a dick again. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's a cool story. I mean, damn it! like I said, it's art above everything else. But um, there's all kinds of cool stuff in it. There's the um, the Requiem that they play, which I, I've heard stories about. It's supposed to be like a, a, a uh, orchestra playing out of harmony, and then it has like a chorus come in singing disharmoniously, and then it's played backwards is how they produce this. And yeah. um, I've played the soundtrack. You know what I'm talking about? It has this like horrible dissonant sound. I've played the soundtrack on my computer before, just like off of YouTube, and my daughter is run out of the room listening to that because it's that terrifying. So there are it elements it's, that it's Kubrick scary had... fucking music. Yeah, there are elements that Kubrick had put together... There are a bunch of what would be long-forgotten classical elements that Kubrick put together. No, it wasn't anybody who came up with a, a soundtrack all on their own. But this one, it speaks to me the most, and I wouldn't know of these songs if it weren't for 2001 anyway. So I'll give him a all pass right. on that. Cool. Jeffrey, you're number one. Wrap us up. Well, I'm probably going to shock a few of you. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. What? No, I'm, I'm the kidding. Fuck. I'm kidding. It's Conan. Oh, it's fucking Conan the Barbarian by Basil. Oh, uh, that is a good one. You, you could have just said that in the first place. Yeah, it would have been it would have been just as bad if you'd said that in the first place. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like I said they uh, they didn't ignore the drums, and of course, and this was before I was even a drummer. This is probably one of the songs that made me want to be a drummer. The whole anvil of Crom. It's like, whoa, dude. It harkens to, like, I love that soundtrack, and it's on my top 25 as well. I think it's, like, number 16 or something. It harkens to a different age. Like, even though that movie came out in what, like, 82? Yeah, something like that. That soundtrack could go into something today, or it could go into something from, like, the 1950s. And there are very few soundtracks that you can do that with. Yeah, it it holds up very well, Um, especially Anvil of Crom. I mean... It's yeah, and the rest of it's good as well. That's one of those ones where I, you know, where I used to meditate to. I just used to put it on and listen to the whole album. I do have one more honorable mention because I forgot. Oh my God, Jeff, you can't be sneaking shit in there like that. I didn't talk about right, mine as much it. as you. The soundtrack for uh, Stargate. Oh yeah, I thought that was uh, David Arnold. I I I do like that soundtrack, but I really 
don't like the entirety of the soundtrack. I probably like the first four or five tracks, <laughs> especially the opening theme. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is, of course, co-opted for the television show opening as well. Uh, very iconic. Anyway, gentlemen, I do believe the list men, list men. have said their piece. Buchanan is out. Woo! Yeah, I'm out. And Jeff is out. Crom. I've never prayed to you before. I have no tongue for it. No one, not even you will remember if we were good men or bad. Why we fought or why we died. No. All that matters is that two stood against many. That's what's important. Barbara pleases you, Kram. So grant me one request. Grant me revenge. And if you do not listen, then the hell with you.